I lost my license. license. Now, now I, I don't, don't drive. drive. <laughs> Welcome back to Extra Credit, the Rock U Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Hinkley, sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Doodad himself, Matt Black. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> so we're going to start, like we always do, with the wardrobe segment. What are you wearing, Matt? Today, I'm wearing one of my several Johnny Cash t-shirts. Johnny Cash is one of my favorite musical artists and a big-time rock and roller, even though he was a country musician. You'll, you'll see why soon enough. And I'm sporting my Sewanee t-shirt, which is my alma mater, officially the University of the South. And I'm doing it in honor of the radio station that I used to DJ at, WUTS 91.3 FM, that sadly is no more. Although there is an internet radio station nice. called the Sewanee Fog, which... Uh, they're keeping up the tradition that way. And cool. you'll, you'll figure out why I'm wearing this shirt looking in a little bit. Very like mysterious. Like you're going to figure out why he's wearing a wow. Johnny Cash shirt on a rock podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For our long segment today, we're going to talk about funny songs, songs that make us laugh, songs that are definitely not done by comedians. They're usually done by more musicians, but uh, we may have... Like we've done at other times, we'll give each other a mulligan on one or two songs right there. We're going to do our top five on that. Now, are you starting or am I? I oh, and the other thing uh, is, yeah. did you rank them? I did. I finally ranked it. Well, I ranked the last one too, but I ranked them. Well, I'll rank them good. from now on. All right. Yeah. All right. I've, I've, I've brought you over to the rank side. You have. I can go for, I think I think you went first last time, so I yeah, can go first this go time. Ahead. All right. Well, I just want to say before I tell you my top five funny songs, I decided right away, like we said, I eliminated any... Uh, act that was primarily a comedy act. So Weird Al Yankovic, Flight of the Concords, Garfunkel and Oates, Tenacious D, Spinal Tap. I didn't allow myself any songs by those. And I eliminated things that I felt were self-consciously performative in a humorous way. I don't really know what that means. But what, what I mean what, what does that mean? <laughs> what I mean is where the artist has some some grander message which makes it sound funny. Like Frank Zappa, Eagles of Death Metal, they might be giants, Devo. These are bands okay. that had something to say about society and it makes it seem funny and quirky and weird. But I was just going for humorous. I was just going for things that made me laugh right. by bands that weren't necessarily thinking, you know, that was what they were doing it for. So okay. if that makes any sense at all, I don't know if it does. I'm sure once you we'll give see. us your list, we'll see. And the man, examples will explain it. This was the hardest one so far. Was this episode six? I had a really hard time getting yeah. down to just five. Uh, so I'll go so with did my. I, so did I. Yeah. Well, I, at the end, maybe we'll list a bunch of things we didn't do. But um, I found that there are a lot of bands I was gravitating towards. A lot of bands that just are are, are funny, yeah. have a humorous outlook, and a quirky way of telling their stories. And so, for the most part, I tried to pick bands that I think do that consistently. Um, and my number five song. I don't think this is the funniest song out there, and I don't think it's necessarily the top five funniest songs out there but my love for this song has absolutely no limits and that is Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne I love love this song Stacy's Mom it tells the story of a young teenage boy who's deluded himself into thinking that his girlfriend's hot mom has the hots for him and uh, it's actually well I'll tell you a bit about the song in a minute but uh, I can just tell you that as a person my age I have a different perspective on this song now than I did when I was younger but it, I think anybody can listen to this song and relate to the multiple characters in the song Stacy, the idiot kid who thinks Stacy's mom likes him and Stacy's mom. <laughs> and uh, I will just want to briefly mention that this song was written very specifically in tribute to the Cars. Uh, the Cars are another quirky band, by the way, with a good sense of humor. They are. 90s power pop 
band. The car, the song sounds so Cars-like that Rick Ocasek from the Cars actually thought that they had sampled the guitar parts from the song. From um, Elliot Easton's guitar parts. Yeah, from uh, oh my, why am I blanking on the song? Um, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Whole moment. I, I'm blanking on the song. I can't believe this is happening, but uh, but it is an it is a tribute to the Cars. Oh, that's cool. Just what I needed. God. Just what I needed. <laughs> and you got it just I in got time. It just in time. I'm going to break the rules because I have a tie at number five. Okay. And I'll tell you why. You're going to go for both of them? I'm Is going that, for both the, of them right, at number that's five. The, that's the rule breaking? That's the rule breaking because Lawyers. I'm not going to be <laughs> I'm not going to be sexist because there's one song for the guys and there's one song for the girls. The song for the guys is Grade 9 by the Bare Naked Ladies off their, I think it's their debut effort, Gordon. It's a song about teenage problems and your freshman year of high school, or as the Canadians call it, Grade 9. I don't know what you call it here in France. Uh, freshman year of high school? Yeah. Is Troisième. Troisième. Yeah. Okay, so all you folks in Troisième, this song's for you. It's a slightly frenetic music with different voices used uh it's very pop culture referenced and it came out in the early 90s so the references are a little dated the cool one of the cool things in this song is there's three musical references to other songs in them if you want to send us an email at what is it podcast podcast at rock-u.fr to tell me if you listen to this song if you can pick out what those three musical references are I'm going to have to do that. Since I'm saying it, that's a hint at what two of the references are. I'm not going to say anything other than that. The third one one might be a little tough. The the song that also comes in at number five is the girls' version of Grade 9. It's Square Pegs by The Waitresses, and it's on their album, The Best of The Waitresses, because it was the theme song for the short-lived 1980s sitcom of the same name, Square Pegs, that starred a young Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. It's another song about teenage high school problems, but this time from the girls' side, uh, where they have a line in it that says, why am I wearing this year what they were wearing last year? <laughs> Both really good, funny songs about teenage angst, one from the boys' perspective and one from the Man, girls' that's perspective. that's really stretching it, but I guess you had to get that extra one in there. I respect that. I respect the gamesmanship. Uh, by the way, this this is a good time for us to remind you that if you want to hear all these songs in their entirety, there is a link to a Spotify playlist of songs mentioned in the show in the show notes. Don't forget about that. And if the song doesn't show up on Spotify, we'll try and put a link to a YouTube uh, video for it as yep. well. All right. So what's your number four? All right. My number four, uh, the band is easy to choose as a top five, but the song is really hard because so many of this band's songs are funny and I've already worn my t-shirt of this band in a previous episode, so I couldn't wear them today. It's Short Skirt Long Jacket by Cake. I want a girl who gets up early. I want a girl who stays up late. I want a girl with uninterrupted prosperity who uses a machete to cut through red tape. Nice. I could have gone with 10 different cake songs, Sheep Go to Heaven, Goats Go to Hell, or I could have gone with Sick of You, or Italian Leather Sofa, Rock and Roll Lifestyle. Cake's just a funny band. They're a they little are. bit twisted. And uh, <laughs> Short Skirt, Long Jacket is, is, is one of their funniest songs, and it's also one of the most fun songs. So this is an easy call for me, Short Skirt, Long Jacket by Cake. Cool. My number four is Life's Been Good. By Joe Walsh. That's a good one. I didn't think of that one. It was on on his album, But Seriously, Folks. It's about the life of a rock star, but it's in, in an extremely sarcastic tone. My Maserati does 185 
I lost my license. license. Now, now I, I don't, don't drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> I have a limo right in the back. I like the doors in case I'm attacked. I'm making records, my fans, they can't wait. They write me letters, tell me I'm great. It's a really long song that I could have put on a long song list. It clocks in at almost nine minutes. It's got a really slow but a groove-filled guitar solo. And in the main part of the song, it's got a great signature Joe Walsh riff. Great, yeah. Gets really good stuff. The entire song is pretty funny. Everybody say, I'm cool. (laughs) He's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Since you mentioned the long songs episode, I I probably could have used uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. That's one of my top five funny songs, because it's pretty funny, but it was also pretty long. It was, uh, yeah, it's both. Yeah. All right, so what's your... My number, th- my number three. three. My number three. Yeah, three. Well, you already, you already used a song by this band, another band that's got a distinctive sense of humor, that's Bare Naked Ladies, and uh, I just have to go with a personal favorite, which is If I Had a Million Dollars. This is a that's really a fun one. song. It, any song that mentions monkey and llama in the same song is going to be funny. <laughs> Or mentions, uh, you know, talking about art like a Picasso or a Garfunkel. That's a pretty good line. It's a pretty, it's a hilarious song. I will say that you should really go listen to the yellow tape version. I want to thank Mark Heim for turning me on to the yellow tape versions of Bare Naked Lady songs. It's the best version. Oh, cool. My number three is Industrial Disease by Dire Straits. And you have on, mentioned your love for this song many times. Yeah, it's on the <laughs> album Love Over Gold. It's a song about a, f- not maybe not so fictional malady uh, called industrial disease and how it affects people. The interlude verse with, I guess it's during the drum break with Dr. Parkinson is really funny. Dr. Parkinson declared, I'm not surprised to see you here. You've got smokers caught from smoking, brewers drip from drinking beer. I don't know how you came to get the Betty Davis ease, but worst of all, young man, you've got a industrial disease. Uh, but one of my favorite lines in the song is, two men say they're Jesus. One of them must, must be, be wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, some really funny lyrics and some really good guitar work by Mark Knopfler on that song. Yeah, he can be kind of dry, kind of funny. Not all the time, but once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's It's, it's kind of deadpan well, delivery. Money for Nothing's pretty, pretty funny, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. for nothing. The the lyrics written by uh, Knopfler as he was sitting listening to some guys that worked at a, uh, a, a London department shop. store. Oh, it was a department store. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Are we on to uh, my number two. Number two. Okay, yeah. another band that's got a great sense of humor, and I once again could have picked a lot of different songs by him, but this is one. This song is one of my favorite songs, and no one knows it. The band is Weezer, and the okay. song is Miss Sweeney. And, I don't know that one. Uh, nobody knows it. It I'm is have to go so look that up. freaking funny. You, if you could imagine an episode of The Office set to song, okay, but with this, you know, these soaring emotions of love inserted randomly in the choruses. <laughs> that's what that's what happens in this song. It is about this office drone who's in love with his coworker, and what Weezer does so well is makes you think and listen during the verses and then just blows the top of your head off in the choruses. And this song does it as well as any of their songs. It's a great song. Cool. Miss Sweeney by Weezer. I'm going to have to go look that one up. 
All right, my number two song is the roundabout way I'm referencing my t-shirt from my days at WUTS, What's FM, broadcasting for as far as the 10 watts or whatever (laughs) minutely powered radio broadcasting that we had. It's the most requested song I had on my radio show, which was called Songs Nobody Listens To. And it's due to one fraternity brother of mine who kept calling up and saying, dude, you have to play Bitch. And Camaro by the Dead Milkman. That's a great song. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> it's uh, it's on their album Big Lizard in My Backyard. Oh wow, how'd you get a car? Oh, my folks drove it up here from the Bahamas. You're kidding. I must be the Bahamas or Islands. Okay, the important thing here is that uh, you asked me what kind of car it is. Uh, uh, what kind of car do you got? I've got a bitchin' Camaro. Now, parents, kids, this one's got a few four-letter words in it and a few (laughs) off-color references, so be careful when you're listening to this. It's a three-minute song, and the first two minutes are kind of this weird conversation between two of the guys in the band about what they're going to do this evening, and are they going down to the shore? And there's a number of weird jokes. There's one thing about a cover band that does the doors, and he starts singing one of their songs and changing the words, and then he says, man, I hope they don't take us to court and the other guy goes you mean the people's court (laughs) (laughs) but they they lead up to the last minute of this punk song about why this kid drives what he calls a bitchin camaro uh and all of his driving exploits and i think you know the the fun the last line of the song is pretty funny he's like i'm high on unleaded (laughs) (laughs) great song great song it's funny you mentioned that because i had a tape in high school uh, with that album on one side and a Violent Femmes album on the other side. Oh, wow. And uh, the album with Added Up on it. Oh, yeah. I didn't choose Added Up as one of my top five, but I could easily have done so. Uh, yeah, it's really definitely. Fun. Yeah, also one you shouldn't listen to with the kids. Exactly. Ready, ready yeah. for my number one? Go for it. Okay. Uh, I'm wearing the T-shirt, the Johnny Cash T-shirt, and Johnny Cash is not funny, and he's not a rock and roll musician, but he should have been. He's a punk rocker at heart, always wore black to protest injustice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a bit of a badass. Johnny Cash was punk rock before punk rock ever Absolutely, absolutely. But this song is not at all like that, and the song I'm going to choose is A Boy Named Sue. Of course you did. (laughs) You know that's it. That's my number one funny song. Uh... The two things I want to say about A Boy Named Sue, besides the fact that it's really funny, one uh, is that it was written by, do you know the lyrics? Shel Silverstein. Shel Silverstein, who wrote The Giving Tree. And the the version you should listen to is the Live at San Quentin Prison version, oh, yeah. which is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. And what makes it great, first of all, are the reactions from the prisoners, because they're loving it. That, but yeah, also, the fact that Johnny can't seem to keep the structure of the song straight. And he's always starting the verses or the lines in the wrong places. And it's really fun to listen to his back band try to dance around and get back in the right chord progressions so that he yeah. sounds right yeah his drummer was having a really hard time <laughs> was guitar one. player and bass player too because they yeah. were just like wait a second you're supposed to be on the four chord and you're singing out you're singing the part that's on the one chord and now i gotta find a way to transition to the one. wait he went to the five and it's just <laughs> they're just trying to they're just working with him but that's live music so a boy named sue by johnny cash a, f- a favorite of mine since childhood great great song Seeing as how you think Weird Al's a comedian, <laughs> I think he's a musician who he's just happens to be musician. funny. Yeah. His parodies are amazing. His original songs, like Polka Your Eyes Out, I want to think, is one of them, where he just he plays the accordion and does this polka thing. Uh, it's and just so great. The drive through is one of my favorite 
yeah, drive through. I think it's that's, like fourteen minutes long. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the same length I think as the R. Kelly song. I mean, I think he went through the the entire thing. But the one I'm going to choose because I am so literal is Word Crimes. That's on Mandatory Fun. I don't think I know this one. It's a parody of Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, the the Robin yeah, Thicke Farrell Williams track. And it's a diatribe on English grammar and oh, usage. I, I and you it. should love this song I just should. for this line. I love that. Yeah. That's <clears throat> if you like, if that. you like grammar yeah. at all, this is your song. It's really funny. Can't it's wait to really listen. Good one. Cool. All right. So some of the ones that we didn't we got pick, an honorable mention here. Yeah. That sure. that and there's because there's just a ridiculous amount of these songs that we could pick. Now there's one that I think that you should at least have on your honorable Let's mention. See. Waffle House by David Wilcox. I don't know the song. I'm a huge Waffle House fan, but I don't know the song. You need to, to you one. need to listen to Waffle right. House by David Wilcox. Um, they might be giants. Just yeah, practically I, everything in their catalog. I, I didn't use them for for that reason. I love Particle Man. Yeah. Uh, the Birdhouse in your Birdhouse in your soul. Birdhouse in your soul is yeah. another great Istanbul, one. Istanbul, not Constantinople, which is actually a cover. It's it's a cover of a song that came out like in the forties. Yeah, it was a big band Earlier, song. I think maybe even yeah. That my mother, I was playing the "They Might Be Giants" version when I was home from college one time, and my mother started singing with it. I was like, "How do you know this song?" And she's like, "Honey, that song's older than I am." Well, I, sh- so I should mention that "They Might Be Giants" also has put out a couple albums of songs for kids. About oh, among yeah. other things, science, and I use all their, their. It's called Science Is Real, and I use all those songs in my science teaching. The sun is a bull. Uh, uh, the sun is a, 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 a massive incandescent gas, gas but it's it. wrong. And they made another song called "The Sun Is a Miasma of Incandescent Plasma" when physicists corrected them. <laughs> the sun is not made of gas. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few others that in rock adjacent genres, Robert Earl Keen does a few funny songs like Merry Christmas from the Family and a classic called Copenhagen. Go look up the live album for Robert Earl Keen and listen to Copenhagen. His, yeah. his uh, diatribe on his rodeo career uh, at the front of that song is hilarious. Uh, and then there's a band that none of y'all are going to know because they were from Pearland, Texas, and they put out limited editions of their own records on their own label, on their own dime back in the 80s. Uh, they're called The Judies, and it's J-U-D-Y apostrophe S. Okay. Just to be weird. The only place you're really going to find it is on YouTube, and there's a couple of songs that I think are pretty funny. There's a song they have called Milk that's just, all it is is about how cool milk is. Um, and then there's then there's one uh, called All the Pretty Girls. And the three, well, sadly, the original guitarist ended up passing away in a car accident back in 1980, I believe. But the remaining three guys that were in the Judys went to Pearland High School, which was my the arch-rival high school of my hometown high school. All the Pretty Girls is Mean Girls in a song before Mean Girls ever got made. Cool, so. cool. Well, I'll give you my. Are you, did you have more? Yeah, no, no I'll give ahead. you my list of honorable mentions. Not so much songs, but bands that I I wanted to include and just didn't have room for. All bands with a funny way of looking at things and you know good humorous songs. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two. All their stuff's a bit twisted oh, yeah. and funny. Van Halen. Most people don't think of Van Halen as a funny band, but Hoffer Teacher or some of David Lee Roth's solo stuff like Just a Gigolo. That's Funny, funny stuff. Uh, Anderson Pack is very funny. Outcast, very funny. B-52s, 
Mac Miller, Violent Femmes that I already mentioned, Vampire Weekend, Will Smith, ACDC's funny. There's ACDC's always some good got winks some, in there. Some funny songs, uh, yeah. CeeLo Green, he's got some hilarious stuff. Uh, Queen, obviously, you know, Bicycle Race and some other songs. And Fat <laughs> very, Bottom Girls. <laughs> well, you went there. Uh, Fratelli's, <laughs> Amy Winehouse is very funny in a dry way. And even The Smiths, which are, you know, a pretty dark band, they had some funny songs like uh, Death of a Disco Dancer and Girlfriend in a Coma and things like that. Um, also, two songs that I really wanted to include, but I couldn't because of my decision not to include comedy acts. Yeah. Um, one is uh, a song called United States of Whatever by, I've already forgotten the artist, Lee yeah, or something. Yeah, I've heard that song. It's, it's a pretty hilarious funny. song. And another one, if you don't appreciate this when I say it, go back and listen again. What Does the Fox Say by Ilvis was meant as a comedy song, but it's so good. Go back and listen yeah. to it. It's an amazing song. Sunday, 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 March 20th, we're back at La Boule Noire. 18 youth bands rocking your face off. Admission is free. All are welcome. It's gonna be live streamed. You have no excuse. All right, rockers, we're back, and it is time for a new segment we're calling Take Two. Sometimes you just mess up and you want to have a chance to set the record straight. So we're going to do this episode by episode, episodes one through five, since this is episode six. And uh, we're going to start with episode one. Since I don't have anything for episode one, I was perfect, obviously. And I had a lot of mess-ups in episode one. (laughs) I'm going to toss it to Seth. While we were talking about uh, our notable covers, we had uh, an issue of figuring out no. Episode one is all killer, no filler. Oh. <laughs> take two for take two. I think we should leave that in there. I think we should too. Episode one being the all killer, no filler albums. I had an issue with figuring out who sang Sail Away Sweet Sister on Queen's the 1980 release, The Game. And it was sung by Brian May, not John Deacon, like we thought. And Freddie Mercury actually sings the bridge on that song, but Brian May, the guitarist, actually sings all the verses. Doll Parts by Hole is on Live Through This, which uh, we looked up. And then officially... Peter Gabriel's first four albums are all self-titled, but they do have nicknames. The first one is Car, the second one is Scratch, the third one is Melt, and the fourth one is Security. So his first album that was not self-titled is actually So. Uh, So. So, that's what it is. Then we weren't too sure about which album Behind My Camel by The Police was on, but it's, we're, we're sure now. It's on Zignata Mandata. We only weren't sure because there's a weird Andy Summer song on each Police album. Just couldn't remember which one goes with which album. Yeah. So We love you, Andy. Love you, man. <laughs> so now we're going to go to episode two, which definitely was Notable, notable covers. covers. And you had, you had a well, few I had a couple. You one. want to do yours first and then yeah. toss it back to me? Okay. One of the covers that I did was uh, Jet Airliner by the Steve Miller Band. But the guy that wrote it was a guy named Paul Pena. And because we have talked about copyright problems in the past and definitely delved into a lot of it with Taylor Swift, Paul Pena had the same problem. So he recorded, it was actually his second album, not his first album, but his second album called New Train was recorded in 1973 and was produced, oddly enough, by a guy named Ben Sidron, 
who just happened to be the keyboardist for the Steve Miller Band. The owner of Bearsville Records, who was his record company at the time, uh, stopped release of the record after a dispute with Pena and his manager. So Paul remained contractually obligated to the record company. But Sidron, the keyboardist for Steve Miller Band, gave a copy of the record to Steve Miller, and Steve Miller liked Jet Airliner so much that they ended up covering it and putting it on their record. So New Train was finally released. Payne's second album was finally released in 2000, 27 years after it was recorded, Wow! after they finally got through all of the red tape dealing with the copyright issue. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Really crazy. Shifting over to Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen actually wrote approximately 80 draft verses <laughs> for that song. Crazy stuff. I, I wonder how many he actually performed. I bet most of them at some point or another. So uh, I know he would sing it differently every time. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, for Johnny Cash's version of Hurt, we weren't sure if Trent Reznor actually said that's his song now. That's not exactly what he said. Trent heard the song and didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then they sent him the video and he watched the video of Cash at his advanced age playing the piano and singing the song. And he said, after he, after he watched the video for the first time, he said, I was not ready for what I saw. And it really then wasn't my song anymore. I think that's close enough for horseshoes that's, and hand grenades. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But you had a couple. Wait, uh, the one I wanted to ask you about yeah. was what was the one word change that Muse made in their cover? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. You're not the only person to ask that. And a, a couple people have found it. Um, anyone else who's found that hasn't told me that they found it. But the, the change is very significant. So if you're familiar with the song Feeling Good, which was originally a show tune, and then it was covered by Nina Simone, who made it famous and made it her own. And then it was covered very respectfully by Muse. Um, if you're familiar with the song, there's a motif running throughout the song. Basically, a line of, a line of uh, lyrics followed by, you know what I mean or you know how I feel. And it's about feeling good. It's about feeling uh, free. And Nina Simone sings a verse where the end of the verse goes, yeah, freedom is mine and I know how I feel. But when Muse covered it, they said, yeah, freedom is mine, but you know how I feel. They were acknowledging, I think with that one word change from I to you, they were acknowledging that there was no way that they, as three white guys, could ever understand the experience of a black woman in a white man's world, yeah. rock and roll. And she, Lena Simone, had a tremendous amount of life struggles. A lot of, she fought a lot of prejudice being a black woman in, as, as a musician. Um, she was an incredible pianist, but she wasn't admitted to Juilliard because she was a black woman. Yeah. And she really did fight for civil rights. And Muse honored her, but didn't try to say, yeah, we're, we know just what, you've, just what you went through because we've gone through the same thing because they clearly hadn't. Right. So and then, it's cool, cool, subtle change. That is, and it's huge. It's yeah. a huge change just by changing one word. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. I had a couple more from that episode. Should I throw them out now? Sure. Well, I'm as long as we're confessing everything, go right <laughs> I'm ahead. I'm embarrassed that I called the lead singer a cake, John McClain, instead of John McRae. I love cake. I love John McRae. I even bought a hat that's the same hat he wears on stage, so I can wear it on stage. <laughs> um, and I was just, we recorded that one in December, I think. And uh, You were thinking about Christmas movies, I was thinking you? about Christmas movies. I was thinking about Die Hard, and yes, it's a Christmas movie. Let's not even get into that. This is Christmas music. <laughs> I also, 
I can't believe, I mean, this is the way it's going to go probably in these segments, but I can't believe I forgot one of my, what I think is the most important covers in rock and roll history, which is What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding by Elvis Costello, because everyone thinks that's an Elvis Costello song, but it's actually was written by Nick Lowe, who produced the album, suggested to Elvis that he cover the song, and played bass on the recording. Go back and check out the Nick Lowe version. I just love that version. I like it so much better than the Elvis Costello version, which is already one of my favorite songs. Cool. Episode three, then? Episode three. Uh, I'll kick off episode three. I just have a couple short things. First, yeah, Seth mentioned it during the episode. How could I forget Purple Rain? It's one of my favorite songs to play. I just had to come back on here and say again, (laughs) dang it, I should have had Purple Rain on my list. And uh, this is Long Songs, by the way. And I mentioned Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. And I mentioned that he resides in my wife's hometown of Weston, Connecticut. Well, first of all, since we recorded that episode... Mr. Loaf has passed away. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Mr. Loaf. Also, I discovered when I mentioned to my wife that we had done this recording that he didn't live in Weston. He lived in the next town over, Reading, Connecticut, but he was a member of the Weston Racquet Club, and he played tennis with my father-in-law, which is not how I picture Meatloaf, but it's true. <laughs> what about you, know, you Seth? There's, there's, uh, there's, here's a couple things about Meatloaf that I wasn't aware of that I looked up after we went through that. He attended Lubbock Christian University, where my niece uh, graduated from and my nephew is currently enrolled. And then he transferred from there to the University of North Texas, which is the alma mater of our one and only, the amazing drummer of the doodads, and my drum teacher. He's a really great drummer. I think he's even better a teacher. His name is Rory Quinn. Rory Heartbreak, we call him. Rory Heartbreak. The Alberta <laughs> Hurricane. The man. The wonderful. <laughs> the mighty Quinn. The mighty Quinn. Uh, okay, so I've got a couple. Uh, I got harassed for this one. Golden Earring is Dutch. Yes, you were right. Yep. They're from The Hague. And I, I just mentioned that I knew that because one of Rory's students, who was one of our first drummers in Rock U, is Dutch and knows Golden Earring and said, oh, yeah, of course I know them. They're Dutch. And I was oh, I didn't know they were Dutch. So that's how ah, I okay. All right. a Queen connection. Uh, and then uh, Joe Walsh did not invent the talk box. Now, there are multiple iterations of this invention and they're different. They have different names. So the first machine to put the voice through an electric guitar was called the singing guitar, and it was invented by a guy named, I uh, hope I get this right, Alvino Ray in 1939. And there have been multiple other voice effect machines, but the talk box, and I'm not sure if that's trademarked or not, I bet it probably is, was invented by a guy named Bob Heil in 1973. And it was the first high powered talk box and the first one that heil made was for joe walsh in 1973 for his tour in support of his album barnstorm that's all i wonder i'm just saying you know the uh one brand name at least for something which as far as i know is a talk box but maybe it's just like a talk box is a vocoder and i wonder if they're the same thing see curiosity you you answer a question and it comes to another question we'll have to look that one up for the next version of take two (laughs) of take two yeah all right, episode four started off the movie episode. The movie episode, and we were talking about Pink Floyd's "The Wall" because Bob Geldof was the guy who started Live Aid in 1985, the first Live Aid. Live Aid was the concert was in two spots. It was in London at Wembley Stadium, 
and in Philadelphia at JFK Stadium. Uh, the concert was 16 hours long, but since there was overlap between the performances, the actual length of all the performances was longer than 16 hours. Let's see. Spinal Tap. This one goes to 11. The Marshall Amps headquarters is outside of London. It's northwest of London in a town called Milton Keynes. And the museum has the Spinal Tap Plexi that goes to 11, not just the volume knob, all the knobs go to 11. <laughs> uh, and along with the first amp that Jim Marshall ever made at his shop in Oxbridge, London, because Jim Marshall was a drummer before he ever started working on I amps. Knew that. I knew that. Isn't there an economist named Milton Keynes? I'm not sure if it's Milton or if it's another <laughs> Maynard, first. Maynard, Maynard. Keynes, like, Keynesian economics is yeah. a thing. I'm another, just not sure what his first name is. Another thing for the next Take Two segment. Yeah, we'll we're going to check teach, that out. We're going to stop teaching rock and start teaching <laughs> economics. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Are we uh, on a mind for episode four? You got more. The School of Rock one, where the kids are in fourth grade, yep, but not right. fifth grade. And then right. what What do you have? I mentioned the movie Rudderless, which stars Billy Crudup. And when you were talking about Almost Famous, I, which I haven't seen in a long time, I was thinking maybe he's in that one too. And it's sure enough, he is. He is. Uh, he plays the lead guitarist of the band Stillwater, which is the name we couldn't remember. Yeah, we couldn't remember the name and of I the band. Nasty and I should have looked up his name too. I think it's Russell Hammond. Hammond. Russell Hammond. I was going to say something Hammond. All right, good. So we got, we got, we actually got ahead of that one. We don't have to do another take two on that yeah, on his name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also, not a mistake exactly, but I wish I'd had a chance to mention two movies which are really good. Uh, Yesterday, which if you're a Beatles fan, you should see because the, the songs are the star of the movie. And a movie called Sing Street, which is a really, really great movie about a kid growing up in the UK. Maybe it was Ireland. I can't actually remember now, and that's a bad mistake right there, which I'll have to clean up in the next episode. <laughs> of take two. Uh, but, um, take five. Yeah. <laughs> growing up in the 80s and going through sort of a musical evolution while he goes through a personal evolution. It's really funny, really sweet, and the music is great. Now, for episode five... I just got one. You just got one. I don't have any because I didn't. Because you were I didn't really go perfect. through it with a fine tooth comb. <laughs> well, we'll we'll catch up anything you have on the next one. But yeah, I just wish in my instrumentals list I did think of it and I didn't include it. And when I listened to the episode, I regretted it. Um, the Peter Gunn theme, which oh yeah, yeah. Um, which has been recorded by many 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 artists, but it's just so good. And I like it obviously once again. From what the was Brothers. the video game, the driving Spy video? Hunter. Spy Hunter. That was, I knew you'd know it. I knew you'd know it. <laughs> yeah, I probably like it from that, too. I probably played Spy Hunter before I ever saw the Blues Brothers, now come to think of it. so Yeah, I would think I'm so. Probably like 12 years old playing Spy Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I think that's enough confessions for now, but we'll come back with another section of Take Two later on. Hey, rockers, there's still time for you to rock with Rock You this year. Our spring session starts on Monday, 28th of March, and we will be playing all spring until our big Rock You en Seine festival, the 18th and 19th of June. Check it out on the website. Join us and rock out. All right, we're back, and it's time for our one-minute matchup. For this one, we're doing vinyl versus digital on uh, how you listen to your recordings. So uh, Matt and I have not discussed this at all. No idea where you're going. We now. just brought the subject up, and uh, we're going to go for a minute each and see what we've got. I don't know. Uh, place your bets now on whether we come down on the same side or not. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to find out. All right. Am I going first? Sure, you, going? you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, here we all go. Right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. 
All right, this has been a this was a tough one for me. Um, vinyl, it seems to me, is more true to the master recording than compressed digital forms like MP3s. Uh, all the extras that you get with a vinyl album, are the album cover, the inner sleeve, uh, the sleeve art, the lyrics, all the extra stuff that you get with that. Uh, the negatives are that I mean, if you it degrades over time when you play it, uh, and they're kind of hard to transport and store. And if you leave them in the back of your car, <laughs> they tend to melt. Uh, R.I.P. to my first copy of Women and Children First by Van Halen. Uh, digital, as long as it's in a lossless audio format, uh, it has a crisper CD quality sound, and it doesn't degrade over time. Uh, and you can carry your whole library around with you on your phone, but those files are kind of big, like WAV files or FLAC or AIFF. Um, I got to say, I'm going with digital as long as it's in a lossless file type, not like an MP3. And that's just, that's where I am. Minute five. All right. Not bad. Not bad. A minute five. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I felt like you weren't, your heart wasn't in the digital thing there. That's uh... I, I like, I, it's, <laughs> you see both. so much. I see yeah, both. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it, but I'll go with the digital part just because it's so much easier All to right. store and transport. You know, they, they don't degrade and you can't melt them. Well, I guess you could if you tried hard enough. <laughs> yeah, but. I probably could. All right. Your minute starts now. Okay. Well, I am already known to be guilty of some rock and roll heresies. Like, I don't like Led Zeppelin. Everybody knows that. Uh, or the Rolling Stones. Or the Rolling Stones. I don't think this is even close. I don't think there's much point to vinyl. In the end, your music is going down on a, a wire into a speaker. It doesn't matter what's putting it in that wire. We're talking about electrons. And what's hearing it is not your ears, but your brain. Your brain is having the experience of listening. For me, the most satisfying experience of listening to music is driving down a highway with the windows rolled down. That's not a good audio quality experience. That's a great emotional experience. I like to listen to music with earphones while I'm walking around. I can't do that pushing a cart with a car battery on it and a record player. Vinyl may be a satisfying experience, but it's not the music itself. You can actually recreate almost every audio characteristic of a vinyl recording if you're good and lately we're getting better and better at doing this digitally but the point is you can listen to the music anytime you want if it's digital you can listen to it anywhere if you anywhere you want if it's digital and you can recreate the experience of sitting and listening to a song intently reading liner notes on your phone i love digital music i'm so glad i can listen to music that way nowadays minute eight not too That's shabby. Pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah, I think that I I think the we should talk about Tonewood someday, but I think it's in the same category. So you can yeah, build a guitar. I don't know out of, much. I don't know much about Tonewoods. You, you can but. build a good guitar at a newspaper. It sounds just fine. <laughs> Today's episode of Extra Credit The Rock You Podcast is sponsored by our good friends and partners at Big Pebble Records. Big Pebble is your one-stop shop for all Anglophone music creation in Paris. Go check out what they do at www.bigpebblerecords.com, including their first release, the EP Posture, by former Rock You student Person M. Extra Credit, the Rock U podcast, is a production of Rock U. Expertly engineered and recorded by my good friend Seth Hinckley. And our theme music is written and produced by Tom Walters. Rock U is a nonprofit association, Loi 1901, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>